Hey there, welcome to episode five of the Hormone Alignment Podcast. I'm your host, Denise from Eclipsic Herbs. Today's topic is going to be going over what you need to know about gut health. Now, I know gut health has been a relatively newish term that's been gaining popularity, rightfully so. And I wanted to do a whole episode talking about what exactly is your gut, because some people might think, kind of like as the word suggests, that it's one organ. But in reality, your gut includes many of the organs in your intestinal tract. So things like your small, large intestine, your stomach, your esophagus, your mouth. And all of these organs work together to break down the food you eat, process waste, both from the food that you're eating, but also from things like hormones and toxins. It also is a key player in your immune and mental health. And the bacteria that is found in your gut helps you to absorb the nutrients in, from the food that you're eating, but it also produces 90% of the serotonin in your system. So your gut health is super important to take care of. In Chinese medicine, the gut is thought to be the core of many imbalances. And it's also said that the heart of your body is not found in the chest, but instead it's in your gut. And I definitely believe that's the case. And when it comes to things like herbalism, one of the first things that we look at when someone comes to us is to figure out how their gut health is because it is such an important key part of your body. It connects and interacts with every aspect of you. And the cool thing is that now they're west in the Western side that there's starting to be more research to reflect that. All right, so let's start off by taking a closer look at what your gut does on a daily basis. The most common one that we know of is that it is a built-in detox center. So this one is more specifically your liver. It processes used up hormones, synthetic chemicals found in things like plastics and pesticides. And these get into your system through things like skincare products, fragrance, perfumes, how we prepare our food and things we breathe in or come into contact with. And currently we've been getting bombarded with a lot of different synthetic chemicals and things that are essentially not good for us. Little microplastics that are starting to get into the water systems that are starting to be ingested. And that's why these are all so important to try to limit the exposure to synthetic fragrance, synthetic chemicals, and try to opt for more natural products, organic products. Be very specific with the skincare you use. Like I remember when I was younger, I used to really love Victoria's Secret up until I started to realize that they have a lot of synthetic chemicals in them, synthetic fragrance, and things that were a little bit more questionable. Same with the bigger brands like Bath & Body Works. The same thing could be said about things in our makeup products. And I really started to look into this when I was going through my hormonal imbalance, trying to pick what exactly was causing my hormonal imbalance. I didn't realize it was the birth control at the time. So I went through all of my skincare, all of my makeup, any products I would have put on my skin because I started to learn more about how the synthetic chemicals and even the hormones in our products were starting to seep into us because as we have to remember that our skin is also the biggest organ that we have. So it is able to absorb things from our sunscreen. If we are using chemical sunscreen, it can be a little bit harmful to us. And all of these things do get processed with our built-in detox center, our liver. And if they are too bombarded with all of these synthetic chemicals, does task your liver and make it a lot harder for it to process your own natural hormones. Another thing that your gut is responsible for is absorbing nutrients. Now this is specifically in your small intestine. The bacteria that is found in your small intestine is responsible for absorbing all of the key nutrients and vitamins from whatever you're eating. That's why making sure that your gut isn't inflamed is so important because what ends up happening if you do have kind of like a more inflamed or a bacterial imbalance 
is that that bacteria isn't doing its job of absorbing the nutrients from the food you're eating, which would cause nutrient deficiencies down the line. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. And the one that we all know of is getting rid of waste. So this is the main function when we think of our digestive system and our gut health. And as a general rule, you'll want to be getting rid of all that waste on a daily basis. And that's because if things like use up hormones sit in your body for too long, then your body will end up reabsorbing those used up hormones, which can cause things like hormone imbalances down the line. And usually when it comes to hormone imbalances in this case, it isn't just that one key factor that's causing the imbalance that's paired with a sluggish digestive system. So if the transit time is too slow, then obviously your body will reabsorb those hormones. Not only that, but it takes your liver a lot longer for it to be able to process the hormones that are coming out of your system, plus the the hormones that it reabsorbed. So it just ends up being like a backlog of hormones, which can lead to things like estrogen dominance. And some other key factors that can imbalance your gut health are things like stress. Stress is probably one of the biggest causes of gut health issues. And that's because stress is so reactive and has such a widespread inflammatory response. And some research has also shown that it only takes two hours of psychological stress to completely change your gut microbiome. And that's because it disrupts the balance of good and bad bacteria. Not only that, but it also causes nutrient imbalances because cortisol, the stress hormone, ends up kicking out the magnesium. And magnesium is very important for a lot of your body functions. Let me also not get into how magnesium is being harder to find in more natural settings. So we usually get magnesium from things like soil. That's why we get it from veggies and things like that because the soil that is magnesium rich gets absorbed into the plant. But because of the way our agriculture has been lately, it's a lot harder for the soil to be able to replenish that magnesium storage. So it's being harder for us to get that magnesium. And then if you add on stress, which kicks out magnesium, leads to magnesium deficiencies. And we also need magnesium to produce melatonin, which is also why there's been kind of like an increase in things like insomnia or just not being able to get good quality sleep. Magnesium is also necessary to make some of your master sex hormones, things like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. The magnesium is the prerequisite to a lot of those hormones. So if your body isn't able to get the magnesium it needs, then it's not able to produce the hormones it needs, which leads to a bigger hormonal imbalance. There's also different medications that can mess with your gut health. So things like pain meds, birth control, and antibiotics. All of these reduce the bacteria in your gut, making it a lot easier for bad bacteria to kind of overpopulate and take over. And when the bad bacteria overpopulate, it can lead to things like not being able to fully absorb the nutrients from the food you're eating, leading to nutrient deficiencies. It can also lead to kind of some mood issues, things like increased anxiousness, depression, because 90% of the serotonin is made in your gut. So if there is an imbalance there, then you will definitely see it in your mood, your brain function, and your overall quality of life, basically. And other ways that you can get like an overpopulation of bad bacteria is if you have a very sugar heavy diet, because that is essentially what the bad bacteria feeds off of. It likes high glycemic carbs, so carbs that are high in sugar. And what can tend to happen is that because there is so much bad bacteria in your gut, and next week I'll actually be doing a episode all about like the gut brain connection. 
but the bad bacteria actually will hijack your brain essentially and make you crave more sugar. That's why sugar addiction is so hard to cut because it essentially is the bacteria. And not only that, but sugar, since it is used as fuel, your body tends to store it into fat cells. And if you have more fat cells in your body, then that, those fat cells can produce estrogen, which can then lead to estrogen dominance. So as you can see, your gut health interacts with a, a lot of different systems in your body. So just as a recap of things to keep in mind to keep your gut health happy. So it is minimizing stress. Try to reduce stress either by meditation or maybe taking some adaptogen herbs. So when it comes to things like adaptogens, they help you kind of like the word suggests, adapt to the stressors in your life. So it's being able to kind of shift your fight or flight nervous system, which is being activated from all the cortisol and adrenaline and drop it down to more of a rest and digest. So a couple of good adaptogen type of herbs would be like ashwagandha. That one's pretty popular right now. Uh, Tulsi, also known as holy basil, is really good. You can find these in most of the tea sections in different grocery stores or shizandra. These will help your body better cope with stress as well, like in the long term. So your, your body won't be as reactive when stress does come up. Trying to minimize the unnecessary medication. So things like if you're having too much pain meds, maybe go and look at what the cause of the pain is or taking a different form of pain medication, like either turmeric or more of a natural form of pain medication, considering going off of birth control or finding a different birth control method. And also when it comes to antibiotics, you can get into like a little bit of a sticky situation. As always, you should listen to your doctor. But at the same time, antibiotics have been so overused recently. And what I've seen mostly with my mom, because my mom does have chronic illness, she does get prescribed antibiotics quite regularly. So much so that even I'm just like, okay, you need to not take those antibiotics and do something with your gut health first and maybe ask for a different option. Because heavy use of antibiotics does not only wipe out the bacteria in your gut, but also doesn't let it replenish the way it should. And if you don't have bacteria in your gut microbiome, then you can't absorb the nutrients from your food, which in turn can really slow down your, the, the digestive process, leading to a lot of different issues. Uh, minimizing sugar, sugar-heavy carbs, things like bread, pasta, everything that we know and love. <laughs> so just minimizing those to maybe like a couple times a week. And if you are a sugar addict like I was, I feel for you. <laughs> Take it a step at a time and just slowly try to get rid of that sugar addiction. Oh, something I didn't touch on, which I forgot was alcohol. Now, if you're currently having a gut health issue or a hormonal imbalance, it's really good to minimize alcohol as well as caffeine because both of these slow down your digestive system because your liver has to stop what it's processing and breaking down and switch to breaking down the alcohol or the caffeine, which can make your hormone imbalance worse because if your liver is being tasked with processing too much of the excess hormones, then you're basically just letting that hormone accumulate even more. All right, so let's talk about what you can do to improve your gut health. So let's start off with pro and prebiotics. They're very similar. So the first one is probiotics. So the probiotics are the bacteria, the healthy bacteria. 
So you can usually get these from fermented foods. Uh, you can also get these from like the probiotic tablets. I would recommend getting probiotics from the foods because when it comes to the probiotics that you would get like at a pharmacy, they're usually one to three strains of a certain bacteria. And not only that, but it's a lot harder for that bacteria to get all the way past your like stomach acid. And I'll talk about the different types of fermented foods in a second. And then prebiotic are things that that good bacteria eats. So things like kale, cabbage, spinach, all of like the mineral nutrient dense foods are what the good bacteria eats. So basically all of like the healthy foods are the things that you're that good bacteria eats, beans, legumes, different things like that. And when it comes to fermented foods, uh, kombucha is a really good one. The kombucha is the one I probably reach for the most. And something I heard recently, which is pretty interesting, is that the reason we like carbonation in our soft drinks and things like that is because it gives off that fizzy drink that you'd get from a fermented beverage. So it's more of like a evolutionary thing. And that's why they added it to sodas and things like that, because we were still craving that carbonation, that fizziness, because our ancestors would ferment things like kombucha and different drinks. In Colombia, we used to ferment a kind of like a rice drink. It was called masato, and it has that kind of punchy, carbonated kind of taste to it. And the reason why sometimes you'll be drinking a soda and it's not really quite filling or you want something else is because of that evolutionary thing that we crave. Because our body has learned that that's good for us, the fermentation process. Other good fermented foods are things like kimchi. You can add kimchi or miso. Those are two really good ones to add to different soups, different ramens. Um, recently, I've been starting to want to ferment ketchup because ketchup was once a fermented food as well as mustard. So you can also like find different things to ferment, different snacks to ferment, different veggies. Just try to incorporate more fermented foods into our diet. Oh, of course, there is also yogurt. Um, I buy fermented butter as well. Be careful when it comes to things like the butter and the miso because it does have life cultures in there. So you don't want to be warming those up in the oven or things like that because that would just end up killing the bacteria. And then, of course, something else to keep your gut health happy is your diet. So eating all of those prebiotic rich foods will not only keep the good bacteria happy but also keep your digestive system running smoothly having in all the fiber that you need keeping all of the inflammation to a minimum and this is not to say that you can't have like unhealthy in quotation marks food once in a while it's more of the 80 20 rule so if 80 percent of the time you're eating what you would consider a good, balanced, healthy diet, then that 20%, if you want to have a dessert once in a while or for a special occasion you want to have a pizza night, then it's okay. You shouldn't feel like you're doing something wrong. Now, if you do have a more of a chronic condition or if your gut health is more inflamed, acid reflux and things like that, I would go more of like the 90-10 rule. So because you are more of in a healing state, so until you're digestive system is able to recuperate, I would kind of keep all of the inflammatory foods to a minimum, but that's of course not to say that you can't have them, just once in a while. All right, and if you wanna hang out some more, you can come over to my Instagram, at Eclipse Herbs. I post more hormone health information and we can just chat some more there. And if you need help balancing your hormones naturally, I do offer a one-on-one -on -one 
consultation in my hormone alignment program. It's a three month program where we go over what hormones are out of balance, how to best support your body based on your own constitution and needs. And you also learn more about how to keep your hormones happy long-term. So head on over to the Eclipsic Herb website. I'll also be putting a link in the show notes and I'll be seeing you next week to go over the gut brain connection. See you then.